Brandt had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of masterwork! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Mane! Hey, welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How's it going, man? How you doing? I'm just enjoying the holiday season, man. I'm not even trying to think about Dortmund right now. How are you? Good. Carver's in, in full, he is in full-on holiday mode. He's recording on the road, uh, not at home. He booked a flight, traveling man, jumped right in the bedroom studio, wherever you're set up. I don't know where you're set up, but... <laughs> I'm in Full Cleveland right mode. now. I'm visiting some family. So we were supposed to record a little earlier, and then I had some work things, and we weren't able to. So I'm I'm glad Carver was willing to delay and even in vacation mode still come back and complain about Dortmund because that's pretty much what we're going to do. We went not rant and rave the whole time, but it's kind of rinse and repeat like what we've been dealing with Dortmund last couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure, and like all the sentiment sentiment online that we've been seeing after the last two matches, like it's just. Everyone's kind of on the same page, it seems like. Um, but yeah, so Augsburg, uh, drawn Augsburg one-to-one at home. No, sorry, that was on the road. And then Mainz at home Yep. Tuesday and just one-to-one draw. I don't know where you want to start. If we want to start with a lineup for Augsburg, if we want to just how, – how you how you feeling? Now, and this is, by the way, last match of uh, – last matches – of 2023 uh now in the officially in the winter break uh there is a friendly match coming up on january 6th but besides that no matches for a while and just time for the club to hopefully make some changes i think that's where we're at but how you what are your thoughts yeah i think this break couldn't have come at a better time really and and stefan bosco from the yellow wall pod had a good tweet yesterday saying like when was the last time the break came at a bad time for dortmund when we were in a good run of form and it's been at least five, four or five seasons now, because just last year, too, we ended the first half of the season with 28 points with the loss at Gladbach. That was a grim match. And then this time around, we have two draws in a row. We're now winless in the last seven Bundesliga games and three draws in a row, all three one ones as well in, in, the, in all comps and just just a really frustrating performance again and we've been saying that this is nothing new the results have been very poor for months now and the performances have been worse for even longer than that so i mean there's just a lot of a lot of questions that are asked very few answers at the moment and i don't know my phone just fell i don't know if that picked up um yeah i don't know how we're going to proceed especially with Vatska still being fully behind Terzic at this, you know, at the moment of recording, at least. I don't know if he somehow goes back on his word, which I doubt, just because he's got too big of an ego at the moment. But yeah, who's to say? Yeah, the, I mean, the the Vatska stuff. I mean, that's that's obviously a big talking point. Like people want change, and uh, from from coaching and Terzic, uh, I think you put out the tweet yesterday. Like if 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 Terzic truly cares about this club, like that's the, I maybe one of the hangups, I guess, or 
uh, it's a joke. That's why Terzic still has a job, that he is a Dortmund guy. Um, and I know he he's played a role within the club the last, I, I don't know how long exactly, few seasons definitely were. He was kind of a front-facing, uh, helped in the sporting and scouting department. Um, and he, he was interim coach and then took a another role with the club. So, like, is that an option? Like, has he come too far? Like, I, And I think that depends on, like, his career what he wants out of his career like if you love this club one step down let's fix things um but two like yeah stay with the club do another role that i don't know but or or if you want to be a coach then i don't know if this for you i don't know if you're ready for it and you you gotta this is all hypothetical obviously right like he's he's not going anywhere but like if he actually wants to seriously be a coach and maybe turn things around with dortmund it's not going to be now and it's going to be in the future like you got to go you got to go earn it somewhere you got to go configure co- out coaching i don't know like it, it is hard you see this a lot with i think former players or people connected with the club coming coaching at a club immediately uh steven gerrard um yeah. who was at chelsea i'm not, not steve steven gerrard was not at chelsea but frank lampard frank lampard is the one i was thinking of like did not work out go coach go figure it out um yeah but uh, i don't know like it's I don't know. I don't know. It's just well, when you're at <laughs> such an elite level too, you're just that much more set up to fail, right? I mean, Frank Lampard, yeah. he had the jobs well, short stint at Derby County before that and had some success. Now I'm not trying to, you know, get into Frank Lampard or other managers like that, but I mean, Terzic went from an assistant coach for also a short stint. He also had some time at West Ham as well, but I mean, he's just kind of thrown into this and given, you know, again, he did have the interim manager job previously and had some success there winning the Pokal. And, but I mean, this is just, it's no secret that, that he's just out of his depth at the moment. And he's been, he's been out of his depth for a long time. He's been unable to find a lot of answers for questions we've had for a long time for him. It was more uncommon than not, or excuse me, more common than not for Tizzit to be just tactically outclassed, to be outcoached. Uh, it was just it was pretty clear as time went on just how out of depth Terzic is for this job. And, you know, it's, I'm not trying to disrespect the man because I really do think he's a great guy. I think he's, you know, he lives and breathes the club. But we're talking at, you know, this is the most elite level of football there is on the globe. So it, it's, it's, you know, it's a big ask. And for someone who doesn't have much of a resume at the moment and, you know, again, says the right things in, in these media outlets after games. But at the same time, it's like the same regurgitated answer every time. And we're still not seeing not only the results starting to change, but the performances are just getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, there were the comments after, I believe it was the Mainz game where, I mean, he even said, like, we, we kind of see the same thing. Like, we see, we've been seeing the same problems. The problems have been here longer than me. Um and the, the big conversation is, well, does it go above the coach? Like, I know coach is one point where it's like, okay, if there are problems, like you also need to be the the type of coach or manager who can address problems and, and, and fix them and turn them around. That's part, that's part of the job. And like, again, problems can be bigger than just the manager, but I feel like we haven't seen him really correct any problems or issues. And when you look at the the scouting and, and the players are bringing in. And that's a whole nother thing too, right? Because we, we talked about it, I think it was last week, but like the discourse where it seems like Kel versus Vatska and Terzic, Kel versus Terzic, and like what really is going on 
we don't know, but it, or there's smoke, there's there's fire, so it seems to be some truth to that. So like, who's who's to blame? And I know there were kind of comments or reports of maybe Kel was going to be the one to go. Uh, he was going to get fired, and then Terzic would stay with Vatskins. Like, well, we don't like that thought either. Either, and what where it really comes down to, and maybe because we just see this backing so much from Vatska is like, well, if Terzic goes is Vatska just going to bring in someone else that doesn't do the job either? Like where, where do we fix the, the problem? And it's one of those things like the, the problem is bigger than us as fans. Um, like we can't do much, right? We just sit here and rant and rave. But like, if, if the problem is bigger than the manager, then we're screwed. <laughs> and it is bigger than the manager. Absolutely. I mean, and we've mentioned this before, Vatska is, is needs to be right out the door with Terzik if that ever happens with Terzik being fired tonight. And I doubt if he does, there's no way Fatska follows him. But I mean, if, if, if Terzik truly loves the club, like you said, he should resign. And, and cause Vatska is just simply prolonging the inevitable at this point. He has too big of an ego to face and he won't actually admit that this has just gone on too far. The club is kind of in a free fall at the moment. We're out of the Pokal champions league. I mean, Terzik, you can argue he's been a cup manager, but who knows if you know we're going to get any sort of result against PSV because the players are just not listening to him, it seems like at the moment, or the ideas are just not getting across, which it seems like that's you know at, at times it's it's it is happening with just the the words that you know some of the players are saying. But I mean, going back, I, I do want to give Terzik some credit that he has corrected things in the past. Again, we ended the first half of the season last season with 28 points. That was very grim fall. And then we hit the ground running with the was a 10 or 11 game winning streak in the second half of the season in the spring. And we, of course, corrected some things there. But really, since the Mines game, we just haven't recovered. And it's that's that was back in May now. And it's, you know, mid almost late December here. So we've had well more than enough time to really try to get the, the troops back together and, and figure some things out tactically because. We keep running into the same, same issues here, especially with these last two games too. I mean, Augsburg and Mainz, as soon as they want to just try, they can beat us. And this isn't, you know, this isn't exclusive to just big clubs too that we're struggling against because we think, I think we only have like one point against the top four in the Bundesliga so far this season. But I mean, Mainz, they're tied for the worst team in the league right now in the Bundesliga with 10 points. They have one win, seven draws and eight losses. And as soon as they wanted to try in the second half, they turned it on and they were they were easily playing through us. I mean, we can't deal with press as soon as a team wants to man mark us or just press out wide. We have no answer for that. Whenever teams want to sit down and bunker down into a low block, at times we can struggle against that too. So offensively, defensively, either way, we are struggling at the moment. And it's only becoming more and more apparent as time goes on. And it's really... It's really sad to see. <laughs> it's not fun to watch Dortmund for a long time now. I'm not, you know, I'm not too hyped to watch games. Yeah, and I know like there, there's probably we're. I would say we're typically pretty optimistic, and I think there probably are some people who want to be optimistic from like seeing where we were last year, right? At, at this point last year, and and the turnaround that we had. I think part of the difference is the beginning of last year. Like th- things seemed shaky, um, but it was it was almost like a I don't it, it felt a little more. I mean, I guess it ended really bad. Maybe that Gladbach game was the one that really soured it. But I feel like it was a little more consistent. Like, but this 
this seems like we haven't been great and now we're getting worse. Like it was, it was shaky from the beginning. We had those shaky, like one Oh results. We had the early draw with, uh, Cole, maybe, it was or, or, we, but we, we yeah. literally just beat Bo- or Cole in the 90th minute at home in the, in the end of the season opener. That was a tough game too. I mean, I think I would argue from my memory, Cole outplayed us pretty much the majority yeah. of that game. Yeah. And then the Heidenheim draw, Mm-hmm. Um, where we went 2-0, I think we were up yeah. 2-0 at the half, but it's like things have been shaky and we were barely scraping by, it felt like, and it's just gotten worse. Um, and, and that's the difference. Like, it doesn't seem like things are turning around or like even close to turning around and it's just the, the style and everything and the performances and the players. And I don't know. It, it just seems to be getting worse and I don't know really the how to recover from it. Like, I don't know if, unless they they bring in some a ton of players and kind of shift things which is hard too like that's probably not the answer either i'm not saying i'm not just throw money at it yeah and i'm not saying we like i mean we do need depth i think that is an issue where we've been playing the same lineup week after week after week with barely in a rotation because like we just we have to we we don't have the the squad to do it but i don't think that's the full problem and i don't think buying more players is the answer um i think a lot needs to change but i just looking from last year to this year we're also not a club that does a ton of business in january so like that's not gonna i don't feel like that being a band-aid solve anyways but yeah and as a club who it's frustrating and i know like i have not been a dortmund fan I'll, i'll say it frequently like i'm a newer dortmund fan so i don't have as much right to complain but like it's frustrating being a club that's like so quote unquote so close like we were so close last year we should have had it last year but like i think a couple seasons ago maybe it was the season before um we we lost that like byron beat us by like nine points but it's like we've been in second so long um you think you there would be a little more ambition a little more drive to to tr- finally like to win like and, and that starts at vodka that starts at the top right and to be so close last year and then just fall completely like and not even not not even appear to try to solve the issues is like what why why would we want to be fans or support this when it seems like the people in charge don't care yeah it's a i mean it's a tough one and and strictly from a sporting perspective that that part you know i'm still going to obviously support the club no matter how shite we are but it it is and, and you know it's not exclusive to us either there's plenty of top european clubs out there with really you know poor, a lot of times corrupt owners who don't give a shit about the club. I mean, at least Vatska is someone who like, he actively looks like he at least tries to care. He's just, you know, pretty incompetent, very egotistical, um, and again, delusional as well. And just the fact that reports were, you know, before the Mines game, that Vatska and the board were fully backing Terzik regardless of this result coming up again before the Mines result. It, it kind of just shows you all you need to see. I mean, four points against Bochum, Augsburg, Mainz, and Heidenheim. Those four teams, we've gotten four points. So again, it's not just these top clubs that we're dropping points against. It's it's uh, it's everyone. And also even two at home, mind you. I mean, we lost against Leipzig at home. I remember thinking back early in the spring, and I, and I mentioned this on the show, if I'm not wrong too, that you know, that Terzik has turned, well, at the time, I thought, turned the Westfalenstadion back into a fortress, you know, a stadium and opposition's fear and hate playing at. And, you know, just, you want to try to get in and get out. And that has slowly eroded over these past several months now. I mean, the, the teams, uh, they just, they don't, they know that 
we are lacking confidence. They can smell that even mid game and they can switch on again. They can just start trying and they can play right through us. And this is, this is no secret at this point. Um, we are losing results, not only on the road and against top teams, but at our own home in a, in a stadium that is, you know, known around the world for being very, very difficult to play at. Yeah. I, I, uh, well, I love and hate, but it was an interesting shot. I mean, and, and still shout out like, the people at the stadium, like the supporters are just still, still the best, but it's because yeah. they want the best for the club. They're not seeing it. And there's this interesting shot after the match where you see the yellow wall, they're still chanting and, and they're, they focused in on one guy who's just like pounding his chest dormant, but he just looked defeated. <laughs> he was, he, he was just like miserable, but he's like, damn it, this is my club and I hate it, but I'm still supporting but what like what a mess it's like reading all that just like seeing his face because he was just utter defeat but still chaining through it which is like i mean that's that's the sad thing right and yeah i'll touch on the tifo from the south stand against the against mines on the club's birthday which was just unbelievable i mean the tifos uh, you know consistently all the goddamn time are always just breathtaking to see there's incredible and just you know the work that so many of the fans put together and you know it's the unity of, of co- everyone coming together as well it's just it's it's awesome and um yeah this one was no different but yeah you do get a sense i mean even even during the game the second half it, the atmosphere it was just down a notch because that they could feel not you know not just minds the, the fans could feel that dortmund were lacking confidence i don't know what happened at halftime we had a good for the most part a good first half against Mainz. You know, I didn't, I, we'll touch on Augsburg too, but you know, at least Mainz were just, they were sitting deep. Of course they were defending pretty much the whole first half hour until they started to string some passes together. But at least, you know, we were still again, attack minded, had a lot of shots. I think we had like three or four shots in the first six minutes. If I'm not wrong, two corners in the first six minutes. Um, and a handful of shots as well. A few off the crossbar. JBG had a great chance. Unfortunately, he just couldn't put that away. Unlucky to come off the uh, the crossbar there. But again, I, I like that Dortmund had some desire to go forward to retain possession quickly when lost. I think the in the first 30 minutes, our ball retention was like less than, what was it, like 9.3 or 4 oh, yeah, seconds or like something like that? 9.6, um, and theirs was... 20 not I mean the, the important thing was like <laughs> I don't know if we've had that stat before and maybe that's why they were highlighting it so much um yeah the, the first 30 minutes definitely like this like we were on it and it's like wow can we do this and uh like can we just play like this and that's what like we've all been asking so to see it in the first 30 minutes of course because how the season is going like you probably could have guessed it wasn't going to last especially in the second half um but yeah it started started great it's wonderful and it yeah, it didn't even really start. I should say, back it up, say it didn't even necessarily start at halftime. It's just that's whenever Mainz really cranked it up and, again, started to try because those dying minutes of the first half, Mainz started to come back. They started to be more attack-minded. Their their uh, starting position was higher. They weren't sitting so deep. They were starting to press us, which, again, we struggle with a lot in, in different ways, too. It's, it was just it was really disappointing. And it, you could see a lot of similarities to touch on Augsburg between these two games. I mean... And both have, it wasn't, you know, just for mines, but in, in Augsburg, both halves, we started so sloppy. You know, we could not string barely any passes together. It was hard to get going. Augsburg had a few chances early on. 
Uh, they had a great, they had a very easy goal through, you know, getting through Schlotterbeck, who just, I don't know if he was just kind of mentally checked out for a sec, caught off balance, whatever you want to call it. But either way, I mean, Augsburg were doing the high press and we just had no answer for that. We were giving the ball away needlessly, constantly. And uh, yeah, got punished for it. And Augsburg were beatable that day. I mean, even though they were starting to gain somewhat of uh, some some momentum from their new manager, Jess Thorpe. I mean, they were beatable that day. That is a game we, again, should have walked away with all three points, but we just wasn't good enough. Yeah, I think uh, I said something about starting really strong and attacking in the first 30 minutes. And maybe I think I was talking about the Mines game. I forgot what game we were talking about. But they're pretty sim- similar. Yeah, we're, with, I mean, we're back and bouncing back and forth. Back and forth, uh, which is all, all good. And I guess I um, I just want to like your get your opinion on, say, take some, take some heat slightly away from Terzic maybe uh, in this moment. Like, do you see, and maybe because it comes back to Terzic, but do you see any any part of like the play because obviously like the players aren't performing to an extent does that come down do you think that comes down to personnel at all um or is that the the tactics aren't what's working like because i I, we kind of see a i feel like we see moments of like good football and maybe that comes down to the players just kind of being like f it i'm gonna do what i feel i need to do and then like how much of a yeah, I guess how much of a hold do you think like Terzic and his tactics have and are the problem or is it like the players are part of the problem too? Like there, there's not a right answer. There's not like, it's not that black and white, but how much, because we, we have been putting a lot of heat and there is a lot of heat for valid reasons on Terzic. How much do you think is on like the players? Well, I would argue the biggest factor is the coaching. I, mean, I think that's the number one thing to probably look at. But yeah, the players are obviously not you know, uh, immune to any sort of criticism as well. There's been there's been times where a lot of them have not stepped up as well. But also, I mean, there has been some unfortunate circumstances as well in the past few weeks that has really, you know, stifled a lot of our momentum at times. I mean, Leipzig with the red card. Uh, whenever, I don't know if Hummels came off as a precautionary against Mainz, and you could see right at the gate of the second half, we had a lot of trouble with our buildup. It was virtually no ideas going forward. It was just Kobo thinking like, oh, fuck. All right, I guess I just have to hoof it forward and try to hope that Fulcro gets ahead on this. And, you know, I think that a lot of that can come down to Hummels just given how great of a passer he is um, and just the leadership qualities that he has as well. And, you know, you kind of throw a wrench in that whenever you're changing things up, coming in with just still 45 minutes of football left. But I don't know if that should be an excuse, though, for these consistently bad results. I get, you know, there's a slip up here and there. I'm not asking for this club to, perf- to be perfect or even near perfect, really. You know, I'm, we, we have a plenty of blunders every single year. But at some point, you have to look and think, damn, we've scored. We, we barely scored uh, a lot of ga- goals this season in, in the league. Um, I mean, we scored 30, which that's not a lot compared to some teams that are lower in the table have more than us. And... Again, just, I mean, winless in so many, in, in six, seven Bundesliga games now, it's it's just unacceptable. And like goal differential too, like as far as goal scoring, like that went just like compared to, like we're positive, I think we're plus five, but like compared to the other top four teams, I think Leverkusen and Munich have 30, which you expect Munich to be up there. But I mean, 
I think Leipzig had like plus 15. And like, I know like goal differential obviously doesn't mean everything, but I think it it can be a really good indicator, especially when you just look at like keeping up with the pack and like, yeah, you can scrape by wins, but how it, it kind of shows to how you've been performing uh, in, in dominating, especially, and we're just not there, which proves on the table, proves in the goal differential, but uh, the, the play style, it, I mean, that's obviously telling and, yeah, there's all the XG stats that have been for and against that have have been piling up too. Um, yeah, I wanted to say real quick. Sorry, it was actually one win in our last eight Bundesliga games, not six or seven. It was it was one win in our last eight. The last win we had was against Gladbach, and that was the four two. But even before that, we had two L's before that. So I mean, Which, we've only had one <laughs> win since October twentieth against Bremen. And I mean, even that Gladbach game wasn't perfect. No, like which just shows to shows like we started really rough on that one too. Yeah, like Again, you can sloppy plays, them playing right through us. It, they they walked in to the Westfalen Stadion and just said, "We're gonna go and take this game to Dortmund." It was like two zero in the first ten minutes. Obviously, that's a good win, right? You can look back at that first, and be say that's a good hour. win. But if you look at how that game played out and just compare it to all of our other games, it's like no, it's just the same thing. We were just able to bag four goals right. somehow, but the performance overall was not good. It's it's just what we've been doing all season long. Yeah. It's it continues to be a tale of two halves for a lot of these games and it's you know, it's it, again, it's just it's a consistent problem. Every every single issue that we've brought up today for the past few weeks have been a consistent issue since May. And even you could argue before that, and we've given them time. You and I both. I mean, we, there were blunders last season, and we were thinking, "Terzik's a new coach. He's a young coach. He's not been at this sort of level before. We got to give him time. Invest into the project." That's you know, he's had a whole season now. He's had a whole season and a half, and we are doing worse. It, granted, it's only one point difference compared to the first half of the season from last season, but we are, you know we are still in a worse position than we are than uh, last December. And I think that says a lot given Terzic has now had a full summer to invest in the squad that he wanted. He's vetoed transfers that Kale tried to do with, which again is Kale's job. A big part of his role is squad building. And I, you know, Terzic has give, has been given a lot of the power from the likes of Vodka and company, and he's still not getting results. And you can look at, Leverkusen is a, a perfect example of what you could do, like what you could be. Yeah. Because Xavi Alonso has been here a year, or he's been at Leverkusen a year as of like now, as of right now. Um, so he's had less time than Terzic. And look how he's turned that club around. And look at the recruitment. Look at the like the, the tactics. Like maybe we're not going to play the exact same tactics, but just look at what he's done in this short amount of time. Um. And maybe they are overperforming to an extent, but I don't know, man. They're just like, they look so grooved and like they know what the plan is. They know how to play. They know what they're doing. And Terzic and, and co and the team like just seems, looks so far off any idea of what to do. And he's been there longer. So like, I don't know that like there, I, I don't see an excuse to be made. Um, at, at this point, especially with with that comparison, I mean, Stuttgart's another example. Yeah, I don't I don't oh, know yeah, how Stuttgart. long the coach has been there. Did he just start this season? Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, and that on, maybe that's an example of overperforming too, but still, like they they bossed us two games in a row. So, uh, excuse me. Uh, he Honess was actually from the spring of last year. Okay. I, I don't know. I misremembered. But I mean, if you look at Leverkusen's business in the summer too, I mean, they all of their signings were less than ours. I mean, their their biggest signing was, uh, if I'm not wrong, I think it was Nathan Taya from Southampton. He was only twenty million. Victor Boniface, who has. 17 goal contributions in 16 games. He was only 20 million, or excuse me, 21 million. You had Granit Xhaka, who's 26. Hoffman from Gladbach was 10. Grimaldo was a free transfer. I mean, this is pretty solid business from Leverkusen. And again, it, it shows you that it's not like that, you know, Vatsuka's always saying, we don't have the money for this. We don't have the money. I mean, you do. <laughs> it's not like you need to spend necessarily what you can spend more, but you know, I don't know anything about the books or anything, but it's just it's just smarter investments. It's smarter investments. We I mean, might not know the details about the books, but we know you sold Erling Holland and Jude Bellingham, and then for a hundred over a hundred, and yet there's no money to do any. Like there's no money to do anything, and that's I know a lot of people have brought it up, and for very good reason. Like that is just the biggest bullshit excuse, and I hate I hate it. Like it makes me just irrationally angry like every time i see that quote be brought up because like you're just you're an idiot man like you <laughs> god shut up like i just want to slap him in the face because that is so far off anything and that that's what like when I, when i'm like my anger towards vodka earlier like that's what it stems from it's like because the comments like that which is just so outrageous man yeah because yeah. every time we lose or every time we draw Augsburg, every time we draw Mites, anytime we lose any of those matches, Heidenheim just got promoted. Like, don't tell me it's a money thing because that's ridiculous. Yeah. And we still we have, have the quality have to money. be. Yeah. We have the quality to be above Stuttgart and this table. Again, and I said this what, was it two weeks ago now that I'm not saying that Stuttgart are a bad team. They're a completely different side than they were several months ago. But we are still, you know, player for player, we are still a better team than them. And yet, we are seven points behind them in the league. It's just it's it's just unacceptable. Oof. Um, one random positive thing that's maybe come out of these last couple stretches. I like Bamba, um, nineteen year old, started with the academy uh, at U nine the U nine level. Yeah, I didn't know his, he's been here for a decade. That's crazy. Yeah, made his debut against Augsburg, which was really cool, and I thought he looked lively, like. Uh, he's got a lot of skill, and I think when I think especially like Dortmund youth products, like they kind of just come in with no fear. Like the guys like Jamie Bino Gittens, not a youth product, but like those young guys that we give the chance, like they just come in with a, a fire and like uh, this confidence that I love to see. And I I think I know Bamba's a year I think a year older than uh, JBG, but like I see some similarities to when we saw. JBG first get an appearance like just kind of going for it um trying stuff it's not gonna it doesn't work every time but just to have the confidence to keep trying and that's one like one difference in JBG's game this year compared to last year it's like you see him doing making a lot of smart choices and his his cuts and skill moves are, are better and he's doing uh, a little more intricate things and getting around players better like but it takes that confidence at the beginning uh which I like to see which I, I like seeing from Bamba like I think he is a good depth option He's he's a um, if like he plays for Dortmund too um, mm-hmm. regularly. So and I I know like we kind of 
we're a little light right now, so like we needed to bring him up. But I think he's has a good showing. I, I'm not saying like let's start him, but I think he's a good depth piece uh, for sure. Yeah, JBG is definitely honing his craft too. I mean, in in a lot of aspects. I mean, his final you know uh, product in the final third, whether it's the final pass or a shot, I think is definitely getting better too. He's he's still got the fearlessness about him, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, he deserves to be a starter on this team. And I said this like a month ago now, but he is consistently the best winger on this team this season so far. I mean, Mullen had his stints, but he continues to be streaky and we have no idea what his future is going to hold. And with JBG and his extension just in the, I think, oh God, wasn't the summer now or it might've just been in the fall. I forget, but either way, he's showing a commitment to this club and I'm very excited for his future. I mean, he is, he's an exciting player. Yeah, he and, and he's been over the last like few matches too. He's been the one who has probably created the most chances or like right, taken right. the most chances, like shots on goal. Like maybe it was the Augsburg match, I don't remember, but he, I guess he didn't have the goal that match. But I, I feel like there was one match where he was the only one who had a shot on target. I don't remember what match it was, um, or if that that stat probably isn't right at all. But he seems <laughs> to be the one. Like if he gets the ball, like okay, at least he's gonna create something. At least he's gonna do something. And then my my fear with his extensions, like if we, I think I said this a lot with Jude Bellingham, like if we looked, if we gave him a reason to stick around, then maybe he would have stuck around one more year. Um, in hindsight, it's like calls, man, <laughs> I, I know that, but before, before we knew it was Madrid, you know what I mean? Like, right. But it's like, right. can you sell them? And that, that's a key too. like, can you sell? And we didn't give him a reason to say, um, but it's, like if you want these young players to stay, obviously it's part like it's part of it. Like we buy these young players, and you kind of know they're going to go off, and that's fine. But like if you can keep them maybe one year longer, let them develop one year longer. But you also have to sell. Like they have to know that it's worth it. They have to know that they're like they have to want to play for the club. And I don't know. It was a big discussion a lot like before with with Bellingham and like the frustration you saw on the pitch uh, a couple years ago, and which just almost shows like this possible frustration with the, with the club and like I don't want I don't want JBG to leave potentially early because he sees like a lack of ambition or he doesn't like the club doesn't fit with what he how he wants to play or progress or I don't know it I don't know if that makes sense but that's what I fear and no, what I say. have feared in the past yeah I think the extension does say a lot I mean at the very least he's going to be you know, here to stay for at least a few more years. And you know, who knows? I think we should do it. I agree. I think we should do a better job of incentivizing players to stay here. And whether that's, I mean, you could, you could look at it a bunch of different ways to try to get them to do that. But um, yeah. Um, I mean, did you want to talk about any specific, anything else from these like two matches? They're kind of the same or anything yeah, else they, you want to hit on? I mean, any specifics, I guess, I thought Chan did a good job of really tracking back against Mainz. I mean, he was stepping up in that sense of just not letting those counters from Mainz happen. I mean, he really shut those down pretty quick and hustled all the way back. So credit to him. The only player I thought besides him that had a better second half against Mainz was Brandt. I mean, his touches really improved compared to the first half. I think he had some extremely well-weighted passes into the final third in that second half as well. It just looked like he was... I, invisible might be harsh, but he he was, you know, looked like he was um, struggling to get, you know, his feet under him. 
in that first half against Mainz, whether it was just his, his touches, um, having some options around him. But I think he really grew into that game really well. But yeah, I mean, I don't have too much more, unfortunately. I mean, the, the collective performances were pretty underwhelming besides those like 20, 25 minutes against Mainz. Do you have any thoughts on the on Royce not stepping? I know there was a question posed to Terzic after, which I thought his answer was a little blah, like whatever, because I think his response was like, "Why do you leave Royce on the on the bench?" And it was we felt dangerous on the wings, so I brought on Bamba. But at the same time, like we were dangerous on the wings because yeah, Jamie Bino Gittins on there, um, and you subbed him off, which. It makes sense that he got subbed off. Like sixty third minute might feel early, but we just played on the weekend. Like this is a Tuesday match. He's been playing a lot. Like he probably needed the rest. But when you take off the threat on the wings and say we wanted to be dangerous on the wings, like that's not how you do it. Like because I mean we've seen some some positive things from Bamba, but like not not the same. It's not the same threat to put on Bamba and take off JBG. Yeah, and it's been. It's been a thing in the past, too, where we get towards the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of a game and we need a result. And Terzic is just kind of looking at the bench and looking at like a teenager and be like, save us, kid. Whether it's, you know, Bamba, Mukoko plenty of times, too. He's not getting many minutes. Of course, he's injured right now. But whenever he is fit and, you know, we throw him on in the 85th minute and just kind of hope he can rescue us. I don't think that's helping really anyone. So, uh, yeah, I agree. That was, it was pretty of a strange uh, comments from him for Royce. I mean, of course, he can bring a multitude of, of aspects to the game that we could very well use in times like that. But just strange substitutions from Terzic. And I, I, it's weird because I thought he really improved in that again, like a half year ago now. But a lot of uh, like a lot of things about his game as a coach, Terzic, it's 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 regressing. It looks like. Yeah. So. Um, obviously, going into the the winter break now, uh, Dortmund does have a friendly against AZ Akmar uh, from the Eredivisie on January sixth. Uh, on the ninth, they play Standard Liege and another c- club friendly. I don't have any details about if these are going to be streamed anywhere. Possibly on the fa- the Dortmund Facebook. I don't know preseason. They're YouTube, good about yeah. YouTube, yeah, YouTube and Facebook page. Um, as those are coming up, we'll I and mean, we'll put details out. Uh, Hopefully we have some signing news to talk about. And then the season returns January 13th uh, against Darmstadt, which I guess thankfully they drew. I don't know how you want to look at it. Thankfully they drew Hoffenheim again on on Tuesday in a crazy three to three match because that almost saved us from being a one position lower in the table. I think Hoffenheim could have surpassed us, but crazy three to three draw. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be this is just gonna be a really interesting time to see if anything changes, see who we bring in uh, during the winter window. And just a question, I mean, Carver, I'd love to get your answer too. But uh, as we go into the break, um, I know this episode we've just been kind of ranting and raving, but we would love to hear. It's warranted. No, yeah, definitely warranted. <laughs> but I'd love to hear from the listeners on like if a change were to happen. Who who would you like to see to come in? Because that's that's the big question, right? Like who's available? Who who's the answer, uh, if you will? I know there's been some chatter about Oliver Glasner, who was uh, formerly at Frankfurt. Which I mean, that position, I I don't know how serious it, it, it isn't looking very serious because Terzic is still here. We're 
recording right. a little later. We thought we might have some Terzic news. <laughs> uh, that didn't happen as of we're recording right now. Things could still change. The the Oliver Glasner appointment, if if it were to happen, just hypothetically, like doesn't excite me too much just because it feels very much like what we've been doing with just signing guys from the Bundesliga, right? Like I almost want to see someone uh, from the outside come in. Like, And I think Glasner is a good coach. I think he, he did some really good things with Frankfurt. Um, I, I think last year they struggled a bit more, but did they, they, they went to the Pokal final, um, I believe, but I think when they're, they were playing in Europe and they just struggled a, a little bit more and that's why well, they won. Yeah. They won the Europa league too. I think the idea behind yeah, Lesnar yeah. is just, oh, he's just yeah, more of a proven winner and he's I mean, it, before even Frankfurt too. He's done some great things in his previous clubs in the past two, he brought Wolfsburg to the champions league. So I can, I can understand the line of thinking there, but I, you know, again, it's similar to what you could say with Terzic, right? Of like both of them kind of being cup coaches. Of course, Glasner is a bit more of a tactician, but is he like the answer, quote unquote? I, I don't think so, but he could be someone who could maybe steady the ship a bit going into the spring, which again, that's what's really frustrating is going into this winter break is just we're going to lose just such invaluable time that we could be using you know, whether it be a new coach and or, you know, Sebastian Kale squad building and figuring things out tactically. We have almost a calendar month to try to, you know, pick together some pieces and figure some things out because things are very dire at the moment. They're very grim. And, you know, I again, and I said this last week, Terzik's not going to come back the second half of the season and being some sort of ta- tactical genius and, and mastermind. And we go on like another 10 win run. I just, I just don't see that happening. I see it's very unrealistic and even then when we did go on that run and we tied Bayern at the end of this last season that was still like the lowest uh, amount of points that a champion has won the Bundesliga in a very long time too so it's not like that can automatically catch us up even if we even if we do go on that sort of run I mean right now we are three points and only a few goals away from being in ninth place I mean Frankfurt Hoffenheim and Freiburg all have 24 points only three points behind us so, I mean, it's not only like top four is out of the question. We're looking at like a mid table to club right now. And you don't have to look at the the table even to re- realize that too. Just look at the performances. We are performing like a mid table club. And, you know, we also don't have a lot of money to spend this winter either. We've seen reports for months now that, well, I mean, now it's as the situation gets worse and time goes on. We are looking to be a bit more active in the market, but it looks like I should, don't have the number in front of me. But I think we have like five to seven million euros to spend on a on a fullback this spring. Looks or spring this winter. It looks like it's going to be more of a left back, but that is not a lot to you know fix a lot of the very gaping holes in this team right now. So it's it, I'm just trying to enjoy the holidays, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's nice to so, have a break from this club for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll do we'll do an episode, but we'll, we'll definitely have at least a couple of weeks off, probably. Um, I mean, hopefully we we get some exciting news, and I'm not just saying that as like hopefully someone gets fired, we get exciting news. I mean, more player signings. That's the real exciting stuff. Uh, uh, ex- I mean, there could be an appointment too. I don't know, but yeah, we'll just end with. I do want to pose the question to the listeners. Uh, so feel please reach out on Twitter and Instagram. We always post like. We always post when the episode is out, so you can just reply to that. Like, who would you like to see come in? It's all hypothetical as a coach, as of right now, as of recording. 
who would your coach be that you'd like to see come in? And then like what specific players? Like we can say, I want a fullback, I want a center back. But if there's specific players uh, you think could we should bring in too, like, yeah, let let us know. So uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at the BVB pod. And you can email us to the BVB pod at podcast at gmail.com. Also on Spotify, if you listen on Spotify, there's a little Q&A question uh, button uh, if you scroll down. So you can click on that and send in a, a reply that way too. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, I think we'll just wrap it, wrap up the therapy session right there and let Carver go enjoy his, his holidays. And I, well, I'm, I'm at work right now, so I'm going to finish my work and then enjoy some holidays too. But yeah, we'll wrap yeah, hopefully, it there. Hopefully everyone can enjoy their holidays, man. Uh, just, I think quick, quick correction, excuse me. We are the BBB pod at Gmail. I think you said podcast at Gmail, but it's not like <sighs> we get a lot of emails anyway. So no, I always forget. <laughs> All, I know all our social handles are all at the BVB pod. Right. And then I forget what, I always forget what the email is. But hey, good, no, good news is it's all linked in the description of this episode, which I haven't yeah. had the opportunity to say yet. Um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. It has been a, a good up and down year of the BVB podcast uh, ra- as we wrap up 2023. And we'll be back when there's some news. But until then, appreciate you hanging. Enjoy your holidays. Enjoy some time off. Enjoy some time away from Dortmund. We'll see you later.